if you have a keyword that is generating sales, but it's getting a really high A cost, I see this all the time. I'm going to accounts and it's just paused. And like, yes, the A cost was crazy high, but you drove like five orders. Why would you not try and see if you can get like a couple of those orders at a more profitable level? Hey everyone, this is Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce in Amazon FBA podcast. Today, we're today we're going to be discussing how ad strategies should be tailored to your business and product goals. Secondly, the Amazon growth equation and how it helps you focus and what's up, how it helps you focus on what's important and how to evaluate your ad, ad strategy. It's going to be one of those days. Anyways, welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Okay, today's topic, like I mentioned, Amazon advertising, tailing your business and product goals. Our guest is the founder of Jungler. She stepped into the role as a way to help other sellers and somewhere along the line, and somewhere along her journey uncovered a deep love for all things spreadsheets and data. I knew there were people in the world like that. Anyways, she is the wife and she's a wife and a mom of six. If she's not at her computer exploring the latest ad update, you'll find her enjoying time with her family. First time guest, Elizabeth Green. But first, we'll have a word from our sponsor. I want to thank Jeff Schick Legal for sponsoring this episode of Lunch with Norm. You've probably heard on the podcast about Amazon suspensions. They're very real. It can happen at any time. And when it does happen, how do you get out of it? How does the little guy like you and me get out of these suspensions without paying an arm and a leg in legal fees? This is where Jeff Schick Legal is here to help. For a very low monthly retainer, for only $89, Get access to Amazon attorney Jeff Schick. That's right. You can sit back, relax, enjoy that cup of coffee while listening to the Lunch with Norm podcast, knowing that you have an advocate and a partner in your business success. But wait, just mention Lunch with Norm and receive 50% off the first two months. Get the protection you need and visit jeffschick.com today. That's J-E-F-F. S-C-H-I-C-K dot com. Now let's get back to the show. And welcome. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Do you have any products to trash? I do not. Not at the moment. I think, I, I think I've think i cleared all of those out. I'm focusing on the ads now. <laughs> oh, okay. Just just saying. <laughs> no, no. It's a, it's a good question. If I did, <laughs> I would definitely want feedback. All right. Very good. Yeah. Actually, the last time we did it, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, it's not really trashing the product. It's all about, and I think this is important for you as well, uh, being mm. in on your side, if the product... The product's got to have a really great listing, right? And that's the same with ads. However, um, if you give the person a really bad user experience, then all the ads that you can push over, if if you are recurring, like we got Howard's natural toothpaste here. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It comes in a great package. It's a great brand. 
but if it came and it was just schlocky looking, um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't buy it again. And I think that's really important. And that's why we did, you know, the old crash your product. But what we're talking about today has the exact same effect. If, if you're driving traffic and you're not providing that really great listing optimization and the user experience, well, you might get one sale, you won't get a second and you're going to get a bad review. Yeah, absolutely. It, it all works in synergy. There's right. there's so many things to do on on Amazon, and they all they all should be done if you want to grow your business. Hey, you know, I was talking to Kelsey about uh, you coming on to the podcast today, and uh, we were just talking a, a few different talking points, and one that kind of stood out was uh, your ad strategy. So how the ad strategy should be tailored to each of the sellers' businesses and to their product goals. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I love this topic because it's one that I feel like I'm digging into more and more. Um, as someone, I mean, you're kind of laughing before, like in the data, in the ads, I always tell everyone, you can build like one strategy that works for one account is not always going to work for the other account. And it's not because one strategy is bad. I mean, obviously, there's ones that are a little better than others. But oftentimes, it's not that the strategy itself was misaligned. It was that you weren't running a strategy that's going to fulfill the goals that you're looking to do. So for instance, you're going to have some sellers that are hyper-focused on profit. As we know, you're going to have to spend on ads to be able to generate sales. So on some level, you have to give up some profits to make those sales. It's not like you can't just put it up and you don't have to spend on ads. But that being said, there, there will be some sellers who are um, more focused on the profit side of things, which is fine. But if you are hyper-focused on profits, but you're running an ad strategy that requires a lot of ad spend, that's definitely going to eat into your profits. And what you're going to find is that you're just, you're not going to be happy with the way your ads perform. And again, it wasn't because that strategy was bad necessarily for someone who is, again, maybe hyper-focused on sales growth, but it's not going to align with what you want to get out of your business. And so you're going to have disconnects there. And what I find oftentimes with sellers who aren't aware of what ad strategy they should be running, or they feel like they're missing out on something. So they go and like, you know, listen to a bunch of podcasts like this. Hopefully I can give them some context or they'll find a new YouTube video with an ad strategy. They'll go up and they'll, they'll launch it. The ad spend is much higher than they thought it should be. So then they'll pull back on it. So all they gained was a little bit of data, but sometimes the data isn't enough to even know if those keywords work or if they don't work. So you're essentially just, just doing this whole like, oh, I need to gain sales. Oh wait, no, I got to pull back. And I got any, and what you end up doing is you don't really end up seeing any long-term benefits of that. And you only get the short-term pain, which is the accelerated ad spend. Um, so what I'm, I guess I've been kind of preaching a lot recently is if you can identify two things, one, kind of your goals and or comfort levels as to what you want out of your business. And then you can identify where your products are, because as we know, some products, like if you're in a launch phase, you just are not going to be able to hyper-focus on profitability because you're just trying to get product market fit. You're trying to evaluate if that product actually works like how you all are going through the listings other things sellers can be doing on the back end is like what is my conversion rate what is my click-through rate you're trying to validate the products so on some level you can't really focus on what's working because you don't know what's working yet but that being said 
you still can approach launches more conservatively. There are ways to approach launches more conservatively. So if you can evaluate, again, kind of like what phase your product's in, and then you can evaluate where you want to go, those two things can kind of act as a filter for what ad strategy. So instead of saying like, oh, I should be doing this because this seller told me this and this podcast said this and this thing, you can look at those strategies and say, okay, does it align with the goals I need for my product and the goals I need for my business? And then that creates a much clearer picture and you can be much more confident on I'm going where I need to go and it helps you filter out through the noise instead of like running around trying to get every shiny object. That's some great points. And we do have a lot of new sellers that we have about a third, a third, a third, but mm-hmm. we have a lot of new sellers that might not understand what the goals are. Yeah. Can you give us a few goals that they might take into consideration? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. And I always think it really boils down to one goal and two ways to get there. The goal, honestly, is to make more money. Like, that's what it is. I, like I mean, as, as much as we're going to say like, oh, it's to, it's to make more money. Now that money for most of us means certain things. For some people, it means freedom to be able to stay home. For some people, it means freedom to travel. Like, it generally, that that's not like the end goal. It's not like we're all after money. We're all after money because it facilitates something. But that's really what it is. And there's two ways that you can go about doing this. Either you can, like I was talking about, sales growth. So you can generate more top line. Or some people focus more on the bottom line, which is the end profits. You still should have an eye on both. Um, And I I talk about this often that in any business, my business as an agency, other businesses as consulting, Amazon businesses, sales growth and profitability are like these two ends of the spectrum. They have this push and pull dynamic. If you accelerate after one, you oftentimes give up on the other. It's like a very solid business principle that, again, Amazon sellers, anyone, you should kind of understand how, you know, these two things are, I call it a spectrum. It's more like a spectrum. It's not, you have to be accelerated after one. It's not one or it's how much of, are you giving up of the one to go after the other? Um, So you can go after sales growth. um, And then that can help you make more money because maybe you're making a little bit less profits, but there's more things being sold. So again, we're getting more money that way. Or sometimes you are making good enough sales and you say, okay, I want to look at the bottom line a little bit more. I'm going to be a little bit more focused on that. I mean, my top line isn't as high, but bottom line profit, like what's coming into my bank account accelerates. Either way, we're still we're still trying to make more money. You know, you mentioned something uh, earlier on about listening to YouTube videos, you know, and mm. most people that are watching this right now are um on youtube so yes uh, i I, i've got to be careful what i say but it's i think you should limit because there might be different strategies for different people like you said not all the same strategy that's crazy um but they watch too many and then what you have and this is with anything amazon optimization launches but you have all these opinions coming in And then you go into the what if stage and nothing ever gets done or you're so messed up because you've got 10 other people telling you what to do. So Mm -hmm. even though, you know, I, what I say is find somebody who you get Mm -hmm. along with, like your personality. If you know, you might have somebody that's coming from one different approach and then you might have somebody at a different approach. And like for me, for example, like Brandon Young, incredible guy. He knows, you know, with Datadive, it, it's a great service. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, listen to him, listen to Lunch with Norm, but don't listen to 20,000 different other people because all you're going to do is get confused. And uh, you know what? I don't know if Kelsey warned you, but I go down <laughs> different rabbit holes. So let's go. Let's go down the rabbit right. hole. <laughs> so I was at an event once. Now, this event was very expensive. Okay. It was not a cheap event. It was over 10 grand uh, for a ticket. So I went in there and I was listening and great information. And I saw this guy and he introduced himself and I knew him from a group I belonged to. Hmm. Well, he hadn't had one, pro- His he didn't even have a product. He didn't have a product that was in North America yet. So uh, what I was asking him was, wow, this is a pretty, the expensive, you know, yeah. advanced uh, thing that you're coming to. And then I started asking him, well, what kind of tools do you, are you using? What are your monthly expenses? 3,400 bucks a month on oh tools. My. And he hasn't even got his product, but guess what? Gurus were telling him to buy all these tools. Mm. So you have to be really careful. Hey, near, how's it going? So, um, uh, you have to be really careful about the tools that you're using and you're not just overlapping and spending and wasting your money because you'll never get to the profit stage. So, yes. Anyway, I mean, I that's, just, that's a ahead. problem in any business. So I, I was thinking for myself on this, you know, as somebody who's just trying to grow a business or trying to find out, like I'm, I'm constantly chasing the perfect ad strategy. Like, again, it's perfect ad strategy is relative, but I'm always trying to find like, what's the next hack? What's the next thing? Um, and so I get, I do the same thing. You know, you buy 20 different books and you read half of them and like half of them have underlines and then you forgot what you read when you underlined it. So I wrote out for myself and I'm trying it. I think it's working. Uh, what I call like my act, my take action matrix, decision matrix. So my question to myself is, do I have enough information to take the next step? Do I know what the next step is? And if the answer is yes, then I need to take the next step. And then I ask myself that again, do I have enough information to take the next step? And so if the answer is no, then I say, do I know what the next step is? If I don't know what the next step is, then my learning should be focused around discovering what is the next step. If I know what the next step is, but I don't have the knowledge to be able to take the next step, then my learning should be focused around the next step and the next step only. Because what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to jump 20 spaces ahead of yourself. But what you'll find is maybe the information you learned 20 spaces ahead isn't actually the information you need in the next step. And maybe you've convoluted some things and maybe you realize the learning you did wasn't actually useful, (laughs) even though I think we all, we end up connecting data points we don't even realize. So I think all learning is useful in some sense. But if you get stuck in the learning loop, that's what I'm trying to implement to get out of the learning loop. Do I know what the next step is? Yes, do it. Stop learning, do it. (laughs) And if you don't, then learn what the next step is and then go back to doing. So really, at the end of the day, you're just telling people to take action, right? Yes. So find out what it is. What's that next step? Take action. Mm-hmm. Don't just you know sit there with great intentions because you'll never get anywhere. And by the way, I think you should write a book called The Next Step. <laughs> when, when I feel qualified to write that book, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Now, just listening to what you're having to say, I, I want to talk a, a little bit about the Amazon 
Amazon growth equation and how that can help you focus on uh, really what's important in your business. Yeah. Yeah. So I am always looking at 20 different numbers and then trying to simplify it uh, because we manage quite a few different brands and those brands have plethora of different products. And this was actually built out of a really great process that my um, one of my account managers was looking into because her question was, okay, so we're running ads that definitely affect sales. Um, so what we want to track is how our sales are trending. How are we trending? Are we getting better? Are we getting worse? Um, and what's affecting that? And so one thing she was tracking is the month to date sales and then analyzing that versus last month. Um, so my favorite thing to do is like, oh, this is cool. Let me make it like a little bit more interesting. So what I did is I married that with a something that I've been talking about um, which I call the Amazon growth strategy. It's a little bit, it's a way to label something. It's basically looking at your ad sales through a shopper funnel perspective. So I wish there was a way to see impressions in organic. There's not like detailed page displays. You can't get that data. Trust me, I've tried. Um, but you can, you can look at sessions, which is traffic to the listing. So it's looking at traffic to the listing and you multiply that times the conversion rate. Because it's saying how many how many times did I get to the listing, and then how many of those people who went on the listing converted, and then you multiply that times your average order value, which we can get at if you want it's slightly different than your sale price. You could substitute sale price here, um, and so it's basically saying how many people landed on my listing, how many of those people converted, and then when I'm converting, how much am I making off of those conversions? Because oftentimes what I found is sales go down or sales go up and sellers are left going, okay, something went bad. Like my sales are down. Why are my sales down? And they're trying to figure out that side of the equation. Or if sales went up, like, oh my gosh, everything's like amazing. Everything's great. What did I do? How do I replicate that? And so there are a million different numbers under these, as you know, like search volume of your keywords and your keyword rankings and how is your listing looking? Have you made any changes there? Did you get a new seller badge? Like there's all these different places you can go and try and look to see what drove those changes. But what I, again, what I try and do with the data is where can I get the most information for the least amount of inputs? Because as we know, getting these inputs takes time and all of these you can gain through the business reports. So what I like to do and what we do is we actually evaluate these numbers uh, month over month. So looking at month to date versus last month, how are we trending versus last month? And then we look at our month to date, how we were trending versus last year. So that gives you context on seasonality because you're looking at last year, but it also gives you context on your overall trajectory for the year. And then we'll look at our sales trajectory. And then if we're seeing differences in the sales, we can say, okay, is it that we're getting more traffic to the listing? Is it that the listing is converting better or worse? Or is it that um, we're making more or less when that traffic converts? And depending on what happens with either of those, if it's a sessions thing, then you can say, okay, what drives traffic to the listing? Okay, it might be my search volume on my keywords. It's my organic rankings. It's anything that's creating click through. So maybe if I change my main image, which you can also see in the converge rate. So then you start going down the hierarchy of traffic to the listing, evaluating that. Ads, definitely a piece of that. So I would look for if we have less traffic to the listing, did we over-optimize the ads? And we would just go through that rabbit hole. Um, so we like to look at this on a listing level. So again, that gives you... And you can display it in a sheet in a way that makes it very easy. We have um, 
like conditional formatting. So green, red, up, down. Uh, it makes it quite easy to like evaluate things really quickly. So you can go in and say, okay, sales are up or down. Why are sales up and down? Okay, what things do I need to go and look into? Um, and it becomes much more apparent again, like how you should how you should work for things. And I like this equation because it also illustrates how you can, again, if we're trying to make more money on Amazon, we're trying to make more sales. So how do you make more sales? You either charge more average order value, you convert more, more traffic in the listing is actually buying, or you get more traffic to the listing. And you can, again, evaluate those three things and say, okay, I think I can influence conversion rates a little bit. I'm already well ranked. So maybe I don't have as much room to push there, or maybe my conversion rate's good. Maybe nobody's just finding the product. That's a good one. You could have an amazing conversion rate. If nobody's finding the product, nobody's going to buy it. So maybe I know I need to push ads more to drive more um, sessions. Yeah, that's that's um, very interesting. You know what what you've put together. Oh, I I'm trying to figure out how the average seller could get this information into a spreadsheet. Mm. Is there is there a simple way to do this? There is, there is a very simple way. Um, so what I would do is I would go to my business reports. Yeah. I would, um, and, and you can just look at it maybe maybe last year or last month. So all you do is you go to the business reports. If you want to look at a listing level, you go to detailed page sales and traffic by parent item. So it's going to give you all the aggregate at the listing level. And there will be a column for sessions. There'll be a column for conversion rate. And I do believe there's a column for average order value. Um, if there's not, you can divide the total sales by the orders and that will give you the average order value. And then you can look at those things. And then if you wanted to, there's ways to easily marry uh, like data in spreadsheets. So because you have the parent ASIN, if you have two spreadsheets where their parent ASINs are identical, there's things called VLOOKUP or you can use index and match formulas. Um, I If you are going to be combining um, downloads of any kind, highly recommend you learn VLOOKUP. Like it will be your most favorite spreadsheet formula. I can guarantee you because all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, if the parent ASIN is the same here and the parent ASIN is the same here, I can create adjacent columns with these two data points. And then I can say, oh, sales went from this to this. And it becomes much easier to read. So but that's it's called really VLOOKUP. Yes, VLOOKUP. Or if you want to look at it's two formulas combined, index and match formulas. It just depends on your comfort levels. Most people use VLOOKUP. And it's so important. And I know that, um, and Kelsey, if you remember who was on, uh, somebody was on that had a very simple course um, on um, Excel and, mm. you know, just in, on formulas and what works with Amazon, uh, you know, what works, what's the best formulas for e-com sellers. Mm -hmm. And I, I forget who that was, but um, anyways, if you haven't, or if you don't know Excel, like you said, it, it can become your best friend, you know, and I just found for me that a turning point was learning pivot tables. Mm. Simple yes, pivot tables. tables. And They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it can make your life so much easier. So anyways, I guess a question for the, the audience is, you know, do you use Excel? And if so, are you having a good time with it or a bad time with it? Just kind of interested to know, how much Excel knowledge we have on the uh, with the listenership today. Now we're also at the bottom of the hour. 
Um, we're going to be going to a Wheel of Kelsey at the end of the uh, podcast. So hashtag Wheel of Kelsey or tag two people and you'll get a second entry. Um, Elizabeth, why don't you tell everybody what the uh, uh, the prize is today? Yeah, definitely. So if you would like me to evaluate your ad account for you, uh, you'll be happy to win this prize. You'll actually get a short like 15 minute consult before the audit. And the reason that I do that is for the exact reason I've been talking about in the beginning of this podcast is uh, ad strategy should be highly tailored to your account. So I want to go through with you and get all of your goals, strategy, things you're struggling with, things that you really want me to dig down into. Um, so for instance, the audit that I just did for somebody else um, who's inquiring about service is they were having issues ranking their products. And sometimes I... Um, I think like, oh, do I really know all that much? But they were saying like, oh, this is how I built out the campaigns. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And there's like, this is what I'm focused. I'm like, yeah, that's right. And they got into the account and I'm like, oh, no, I know why it's broken. I actually, I can tell you how to fix it. So um, that's why I do that. So I can get all that information from you. And then I'll go through the whole account and you'll get a audit again, highly tailored around your goals. Very good. And our friend uh, Nirava, uh, as I can say, I can see here, he says, for, for those of you who don't know Elizabeth Green, how is this not possible? Uh, she is amazing. So there you go. Hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people. You'll get a second entry. And now let's go to a commercial. Launching products isn't like it used to be. To successfully launch your product, you need to hit that algorithm from all sides. Driving external sales, boosting social signals, and increasing product listing engagement are fundamental to success. Rebate is the first and only launch platform that delivers across this broad range. Get your product featured on Amazon.Live through Rebate's Influencer Program. With this service, your product gets instant exposure to large audiences of shoppers and permanent placement on Amazon Influencer Storefront, which drives perpetual sales. Run a sweepstakes campaign on Rebate and connect with shoppers off Amazon. And lastly, drive external sales with tried and true deals campaigns. Visit Rebate.com today and get started with your 14-day free trial. Okay, we're back and I'm just going to pick it up, uh, just going back and talking about numbers. So what are the numbers you should be tracking on a product level? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. That's one, again, there's 20 different numbers you can look at and 100 different one more that you can calculate for yourself. I like tracking three numbers and then four if I really want to get a pulse on my um, how that's impacting my sales. So I like ACoS is a good one. Um, fun fact, if you hyper-focus on ACoS, oftentimes you can decrease your sales. So you want to be aware of that. But yeah. you do at least want to keep a pulse on it. Like, even if it's a number we're not hyper-focusing on, we need to keep it front and center so we can know how profitable our ads are. Um, then I like to keep a pulse on total ACoS. So how profitable are we? Um, you can also take your total ACoS numbers. You can subtract it from your profit margins and get a very rough idea of like what your profit percentages are on your products. 
So I like tracking that. And then another thing that I really like to track is what I call your ad sale percentage. So how you calculate this is you would simply take your ad sales and you would divide it by your total sales. And that's gonna say, hey, what percentage of my total sales is coming from ads? And what this is gonna tell you is how reliant the ads are on, um, how reliant you are on ads to drive sales. And then if you had to put in one more, you might also want to just keep a, a pulse on your total sales for that product. But those things will give you like a, so much context. So again, ACOS, how profitable, how profitable are my ads? Total ACOS, how profitable is my total product? Ad sale percentage, how reliant am I on ads to drive my sales? And then total sales, hey, am I going up or down um, in this sales trend? And especially that ad sale percentage ones, if you have a high total a cost and a very high percentage of total sales high being you know like 80 percent i've seen sometimes um you know that so to get total a cost down i need to decrease my ad spend and make the same amount of total sales that's really what you're trying to do but if 80 percent of your total sales are coming from the ads pulling back on that ad spend because again that's what's driving 80 percent of the sales is going to be a much harder road than if you have maybe a lower ad sale percentage you can say i'm not super reliant on ads so i can make more extreme adjustments okay and one thing i want to clarify too and i want to make sure that this is um okay with you before mm -hmm. uh, uh we take in any more uh hashtag wheel of kelsey's if a person's new and they don't have the product or the campaigns up with the giveaway today, uh, would it be okay if they contacted you? Like again, if they yeah. win a little bit later while they start to, um, or can they? Should they do it right away so they start off right? But they're not going to have the numbers. Yeah, I would say it is up to you. Um, if you would prefer to wait after you launch the campaigns and me do an audit of those new campaigns, we can do that. Um, the other thing that I can do if you contact me is, so I'm assuming that you already have an ad structure in place for this. So I'm only doing like a 15 minute consult just to get, you know, kind of like where you want to go. Um, if you don't uh, fully have your ad strategy in place and you're just like, what should my ad strategy be? I don't understand this launch. Um, I would be fine providing you're okay with me not doing like the full audit portion because that's going to take up my time too. I could offer to extend that consultation longer and maybe even help you do a little bit of keyword preliminary keyword research and help you set up an ad strategy. Wow, that's that's awesome. Okay, so just a reminder, it's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people and you'll get a second entry. All right, now, next question. How to elevate your ad strategy? What's the best way to do it? Yeah, um, so I... The best way to do it is going to be looking at the ad structure you have now and again, figuring out product goals and then working around those. Uh, we get into client accounts, all like new client accounts all the time. And they always ask like, oh, are you going to like, you know, set up everything and like do everything? I was like, so with Amazon, every single ad platform has its nuances. One of the nuances of Amazon ads is if you take the exact same campaign, you can even duplicate campaigns. There's like a copy option in Amazon. You can never 100% replicate the performance of what's already going on in the account. So for that reason, as much as I would love to come into a new account and like do all the keyword research and I could like look at the data and 100% set it up all shiny and clean and like 
clean naming structures, everything's great. Uh, you kind of have to play with the hand that you're dealt. And so because starting and restopping often has like severe impact on total sales, which again, sales are our ultimate goal, ads should support that. Um, so what I would want to do is go in and again, how I was talking about, you know, the Amazon growth equation, that gives me a lot of context for what products are slipping or not. So if I can evaluate um, an entire product line and I can say, okay, so this product is the one that's slipping, then I can go and evaluate that particular product. So whenever you can, I really like looking at on a at a product level or maybe a listing level if you have like listings being if you have a whole bunch of variations. Um, I would prefer to look at it on that level because in actuality, all the sales are made up of individual product performances. Like they all add to kind of like the pie of sales. So if you want to grow, grow total sales, what you really have to do is backtrack and say, okay, so how can I grow sales on said products? And so if you can look at, again, kind of like that strategy, again, business reports are going to be great for this. I really like looking at what uh, percentage of percentages of total are like my favorite. Going back to like... Um, Excel spreadsheets. It's really an easy sum formula. So you'll do like sell the sales divided by sum total of all the sales in my account. Like how much is each product adding to the total sales in my account? And then I can go in and evaluate and say, okay, so this product's adding a lot to the total sum in my account, but this one's actually been slipping recently in the sales because I'm going through and evaluating that equation. And I could see that it's slipping, not because the conversion rates are bad, but because I'm not getting as many sessions. Okay. So then I know that my ad strategy needs to revolve around pushing that product more to generate more sessions. So therefore I can elevate the sales. So like actually finding those things, deciding what to do to increase those Yes, you can you can definitely get in the weeds, but I find that the more that you can look at it again higher level and just work down the hierarchy, you end up finding again the places where you should dig in. So instead of you spending again 5 hours doing intensive keyword research for the one product that's only making up like 2% of your sales, you can instead go through and say, "Okay, this is the one that's driving the bulk of my sales. I don't really have, you know, I haven't done competitor research in a while. Maybe I need to go through and target other people's product pages because there's a whole lot more people in the space now. And so I know, I'm, okay, so let me go and evaluate that, do all my best practices, but I know where to focus because a lot of this stuff, um, when you start becoming an even larger seller, it's not so much that you don't know what you need to do. It's that you're having to do it on such a massive scale that at that point it becomes prioritization. So if you can look at the data and allow it to help you filter the priorities, then you end up using your time a whole lot better. This is uh, really interesting because for me, I use aesthetics and perceived value to mm. drive sales and to listen to people talk about the data and how they can drive sales that way. Um, I, I love it. Um, you know, it's, it's yin and yang. So, yeah. uh, you know, you take those two components and you put them together and you can have a really an unstoppable, uh, well, you could eat up the market share if you do yeah. it right. It, it, yeah. and you, you really do need the both. I mean, you can get good sales, strictly data. You can get good sales, strictly perceived value uh, and optimization, but you put them together and man, you can get some great results. Absolutely. The, the, 
the other thing that uh, you talked about a little bit earlier on is, oh, I had good sales here. I had bad sales here. Why did it happen? And one thing that we do is, and we use Helium 10 for this, but you mm. can use a spreadsheet for this very easily. And that's to track every change you make on your listing. And if you don't know, and, and by the way, if you change everything at once, uh, mm -hmm. You're killing yourself because you don't know what, you know, what change made the deal, you know, either up or down. But we do it usually in small increments and um, we'll mark the date and just, you know, what we did. And then we can see if the ranking went up, if it, if it tanked, we can go back and adjust. But I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, how how can you see if a test worked or not? If you one don't know when you're in the test, and then two, you're not tracking the test. So that's a that's a really great point. And I love your point of how the two things working together hundred percent. Like as much as people look for to ads to drive sales, like I just said, I mean, ad sale percentage, portion of your sales are going to be attributed to ads. But in actuality, the ads didn't really drive the sales. The ads drove the click. And what you're trying to do to drive those sales in the ads is you just want to run good targeted. So you're targeting keywords that relate to your product. You know, if you're selling a baby blanket, you're not targeting gym shoes. Like you're probably not going to show up anyways. That makes no sense, right? So we can do things to the ads to better drive those sales. But in all actuality, like you were saying, optimizing um, like the listings for what's going to appeal to the shoppers, that's 100% needed. Because if you drive a whole bunch of clicks, but everyone lands on listening like what in the heck is this this isn't, right. this isn't what i wanted this isn't anything that interests me and by the way somebody else has got exactly what i want for cheaper well you can't expect um the market like you you can't what is, what is the saying like you can you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink you're like you're not gonna strong arm somebody to purchase your product it's not like you're outside you know some store where you can like shove it in their hand and try and like bully them and take them to the counter like buy my thing like your listing should be doing that for you educating a shopper on why they need it what's what's appealing about your product why you've made a better mousetrap like all those things are definitely that's what actually drives the sale it's the ads that drive the traffic that gives you the ability to drive the sale there's a whole thing going on um not not a whole thing. I don't think it's a really big controversy, but a lot of people arguing like, do you need conversion rates or do you need traffic to listing? Like, which one's more important? And there's some people who will convert. I'm like, you can't have one without the other. I don't know how you can prioritize one over the other because they have to work in synergy. And if you have one, but you don't have the other one, it's not going to work. Right. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> and I guess now, and I know that uh, you have a hard cutoff um, in 10 minutes. So I want to talk about this one because I think this is so important. The 80-20 rule when it comes to anything, sales, yes. but for you, ads. How do you handle that? Do you just, and I, I have heard this. I've mm -hmm. heard some people say you just turn off the other 80% that aren't working. And <laughs> I am like, it, it just, I, I pulled out my hair when I hear that. But uh, what do you do? How do you handle that 80-20 rule when it comes to ads? Yeah, that's a that's a good and no, no, I would not, I would not pause it. I am a huge fan, like you, you were saying like track everything, make sure it's working or not. Like if you have a keyword that is generating sales, but it's getting a really high A cost. I see this all the time. I'm going to accounts and it's just paused. 
And like, yes, the A cost was crazy high, but you drove like five orders. Why would you not try and see if you can get like a couple of those orders at a more profitable level? So I'm like a huge fan of like turning things down, backing off, turn the bids down, turn the budget. Like obviously we can't run at 100% A cost sustainably. Like I'm not delusional. I know that there's something that needs to be done about it. But at the same time, if you have demonstrated that something does convert, don't you want to see if you can pay a little bit less for that conversion? That would be where I, I would fall on the end, end of the spectrum. And then for me, a lot of it, like the 80-20 is what I was um, referring to, like uh, percentages of total has been great for me. And that that helps you, for me, that helps visualize the impact. So for instance, if you go into your account and you sort by sales in your campaign manager, like what campaign is driving you the bulk of the sales? So you can go through, you'd be like, okay, wow, this one drove like $10,000 and this one's like 8,000. This one, like what's the impact on the total? So I love doing, you know, like total sales for this one divided by are, yeah, so sales divided by some total sales. And that will just give you a percentage. So it's like, well, you'll be eas easily able to visualize. Like we have some accounts where it's like, oh, the top two products are driving 80% of the total sales. Like you have like the top products driving 70% of the total sales and the very next one's driving maybe only like 40% and everything else is like five, two, three. And you're going, well, this has such large impacts on my account. Why would I not adjust there? or percentages of total spent in the account. So what campaigns am I spending the most on? If you're trying to bring down your spend, if you can make changes to the thing that is driving the most amount of spend, don't you think that's gonna make a bigger impact than adjusting the campaigns that's only doing spending $3 a day versus the one that's spending thousands a day? Mm. Like, obviously, you want to, you always wanna be sensitive and I always try and be very sensitive around, um, if I make large adjustments to the things that are driving a large portion of my sales, I do have the possibility of impacting a large portion of whatever the sales are. So you do want to take that into account. So don't think I'm saying go into your account, sort by what has the most spend, and then just like get rid of most of that spend. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you're trying to dig down into things where you can make the most impact, maybe you go look at do I have negative keywords running away in this campaign? Do I have a whole bunch of keywords that I didn't realize I scaled the bids more than I needed to? And maybe I need to adjust those. Do I have a whole bunch of keywords that have clicks with no sales? That's a great places to cut spend because you're not even driving sales at that point you're driving nothing. Um, so you can maybe make more drastic cuts there. And then you can work down that funnel. Am I saying you should completely ignore the rest of the account? No, but I'm saying for the things that are not your basic routine, for the things that are not like, oh, I look across all the account and do my negative keywords. I do all my bid adjustments like this. You know, maybe use a software like Helium 10 or other ones to do your regular bid adjustments. But there are the things that takes extra time because it takes critical thinking skills to be able to go in and say, where do I need to weed out? Where should I pull back? Very good. The launch and those things, again, they take time. And so if you're going to allocate that time to something, why wouldn't you allocate it to the thing that's going to make the biggest impact on the account? And then just let the routine things take care of the rest of the stuff that you should already be taking care of. And then double down on the stuff that, you know, again, is going to be driving a much better impact on performance. You are almost off the hook. <laughs> Kelsey, we have a question. 
Yes. So from Claudia, uh, Claudia is asking, in your opinion, Elizabeth and Norm, what is more important, Amazon ads or external ads? What is the ratio of importance? For example, 80% Amazon ads, 20% external ads, etc. Um, I think it really just depends on your brand. So full disclosure, we don't run external ads for our clients. We do have clients that run external ads though. Um, so I would say if you can diversify, that's great. Amazon does love external traffic, but I think it also depends on um, does your product perform well on those external ad platforms? Because when you say external, that can include, you could be running Instagram ads, Facebook, Google, people are running TikTok ads now, people are running Pinterest ads. There's so many facets of doing that, um, that it's hard to say like, oh, you should do this. I would just say you want to lean into the places where you're getting the best performance and the return. Okay. And for me, I think you've got a captivated audience in Amazon. Why not utilize that? Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, you could make it a blend because with that uh, Amazon referral program, you are getting 10% back. So it is something to consider. But I would definitely start with the PPC ads uh, because you've got that captivated audience. Um, yeah, if you're starting, that's a good point. I would, I would, and especially if you're starting and you're not comfortable with yourself running the other ad platforms, I would just start with Amazon. It has the most um, shopper intent, right? Of all the ad platforms, so you're you're typically going to not always, but typically going to see the best returns. Guess what? You're going to see the wheel of Kelsey. Yes. I didn't think we were going to have you on the wheel of Kelsey. We are. Okay. I, I can go up to the hour if I need to. Oh, uh, <laughs> I want to see this. Okay. All right. So uh, let's go to a sponsor. And then when we come back, it's the wheel of Kelsey. I want to give a quick shout out to an incredible group of sponsors to help keep this podcast running. The Lunch with Norm podcast would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors. Post Purchase Pro. Clear Ads. Jeff Schick Law, Rebate.com, Honu Worldwide, Digital Blacksmiths, Netfluence, Extreme Power, and Startup Club. Now back to the show. And our newest sponsor, Kelsey, drum roll. I can't even do the little drum roll noise. <laughs> oh my gosh. VAA. So they've come on board uh, and... Uh, uh, Galad and his team over there. Uh, we'll be doing a call up for him the next episode, I hope. But anyways, VAA has joined us as one of our sponsors, so thank you so much. All right. So uh, before we get to the will of Kelsey, Elizabeth, uh, how should people contact you if they want to learn more? Yeah, definitely. Um, so if you just want to hear what I'm on about, if you're like, hey, what is she talking about? It's it's probably best to follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I put out the most content. Um, but if you want to, if you're interested in possibly working with us, the best way to reach out is through our website, which is jungler.com, J-U-N-G-L-R.com. Okay, very good. Okay, sit back. Let's get to the wheel. All right, here we go. Here is the Wheel of Kelsey. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. All right. 
Okay, I just got to double check and make sure that we've got all the entries. I think there might be one late person. Okay, so we're good to go. Uh, thank you everyone who entered today's Wheel of Kelsey. I'm going to shuffle these up and give this a spin. If you are the winner, please email me k at lunchwithnorm.com. Mike. And Mike. Mike is today's winner. All right, Mike. Congrats. All right. So, again, if you could email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com, uh, we'll connect you with your uh, with your prize. All right. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming on today. Like I said, you are off the hook now. You're going to make your call. We're all good. <laughs> it was my pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcast, click over here. Lunch with them, lunch with them.